Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Unknown, where we decode the unknown. What happens here is Katie, the writer for this channel, has written me a script. Hell at the bottom of a hole in Siberia. Uh, I'm vaguely familiar with this one. I made a video. This is like one of those OG internet rumors where there's like some Russian dudes who drill into the grounds and they're like, oh my god, we found hell down there. We can hear the screaming, tormented souls. Obviously, spoiler alert, I mean... <laughs> They probably didn't, did they? It's probably did. It's one of those. It's it's quite. It's just a just a legend, just a rumor. But we're gonna dive into it. We're gonna look at it, and uh, probably, probably, what we're gonna do is debunk it because that's normally what happens. Because it's not hell. It's not ghosts. It's not aliens, is it? Ever? Let's go. Everyone has their own personal idea of hell. For Simon, I imagine it would be something related to having to sit still with nothing to do, like waiting for a train that's been delayed or he's forgotten his phone and just has to sit there looking for a huge advert for a mortgage provider for an unknown number of minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> Katie, have you looked into my soul? Because I, I have... This is accurate beyond measure. And it's like, yeah... I will be like, if I'm on the, if I, like, when my headphones run out of battery and I'm walking, it's like, what am I going to do? Just look around at what's around me. Are you insane? Do you have any idea how unstimulating that is? I'm a broken millennial and I need input and stimulation absolutely constantly. Um, this is absolutely bang on though for me it happens every halloween when i can't help but say through gritted teeth the monster is not called frankenstein the doctor was called frankenstein i admit to bring this on myself by being such a pedant but come on people the book's been out for over 200 years yeah i have to, I have to admit i really didn't know this until we did a biographics video about mary shelley who wrote frankenstein and yeah yeah the, the monster is the monster frankenstein's the doctor the more you know now you can be a dick whenever people bring that up as well Woo! The concept of hell as an afterlife or place where bad people go when they die has been around for a very long time. It's usually pretty entwined with religion to serve as an opposite to the idea of heaven or paradise for true believers in whatever religion who also managed to make it through life as decent humans. The god Hades presided over the underworld of the ancient Greeks, and we still have the tales today of people like Tantalus, whose punishment was to stand in a pool of water with some grapes hanging over his head, but every time he tried to reach up or down, the water or the grapes were always just out of reach i've never heard that that sounds weird i mean that just sounds like okay <laughs> i guess i don't have any water or grapes eventually i'll die and go to like second hell is it very like if people were, what's your idea of, well i don't know being whipped while having that being burned by a devil i guess would just be worse than oh no i'm standing into water and i'm a little bit hungry and thirsty but i can't die because i'm already dead it's a bit, bit weird, isn't it? Or Sisyphus, whose punishment was to shove a huge rock up a hill, only for it to keep rolling back down as soon as he neared the top. Oh no, Sisyphus, boo-hoo! Ah, Sisyphus, let me introduce you to real hell. I could, It could be much more creative. It could be much more creative. I've got a true crime podcast called The Casual Criminalist. There's all sorts of horrible shit that goes on over there that would, you know... <laughs> It's not like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever heard of, putting a rock, pushing a rock up a hill, and then it rolls down the hill. Oh, Sisyphus, no! 
Christianity and Islam have similar descriptions of their versions of hell, both involving pain, violence, and lots of fire for the unworthy. What may seem hellish to some is actually other people's idea of a good night out, so it may stand to reason that if hell actually exists, it might manifest differently for different people. As per the ancient Greeks and their underworlds, the location of hell seems generally agreed to be somewhere below us. Just as people look up at the sky when thinking of heaven or paradise, so people tend to point downwards when indicating that someone might have gone to hell. But where exactly is the location of this place? <laughs> it's obviously buried really far underground, isn't it, Katie? Obviously, like heaven is above the clouds. Except we figured out that it wasn't when we went to, you know, above the clouds. We we're like, oh, look, there's just more emptiness. Oh, none of this is real. But where exactly is the location of this place? Is it a realm outside of space and time, somewhere south of us in the universe, or is it literally below us, somewhere inside planet Earth? <laughs> ah. So do all the references to heat and fire mean that it's located somewhere near the core of our world? And if we dig deep enough, could we one day reach it? Did this in fact happen in 1989 during the drilling of the deepest hole in the world? Stop that skeptical interjection in its tracks. Put that eyebrow down and let's see where this story goes, eh? I'm vaguely familiar with this story because of the video I made about the actual deep hole that they dug, the super cola super deep borehole in Siberia. And uh, it's just that they didn't get to hell because it's not real. And even if you believe it is real, dear listener, and I'm surprised I haven't put you off this show yet, um, it's not it's 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 a, like it's not a place that's buried underneath the earth. Does the Bible even say that? Does your religious teachings of choice actually even say that? Because that would be insane. The mystery. I call this section the mystery, but here's some historical context first, which is 100% true. <laughs> At some point, this will seamlessly flow into the mystery event, but I'll let you work out when that happens. I'll give you a hint. It won't be very hard. <laughs> you may be familiar with the term space race. This was a USA versus Soviet Union race, which started in the 1950s and pitted the two nations against each other to be the first to do various things in space, like launching satellites, sending up manned flights, landing on the moon, etc. Well, running concurrently to this race to the stars was another race to plumb the depths of the Earth. For geological and technological reasons, the US and the Soviet Union also decided to drill as far down through the Earth's crust as they could to a layer known as the Oh My God discontinuity. The uh, Oh My Godding at the pronunciation of this, although maybe those C's are pronounced like. I, I know that letter from Czech, it's a CH. So, Mohorovichits, maybe? Discontinuity? Russians, let me know how I did. Uh, or don't, you don't have to. The US got their project underway first, perhaps because after the surprise launch of the Sputnik satellite in 1957, the science community was desperate to claim back some kudos for itself. You'd be like, ah, Soviet Union, you launched a spacecraft into space? Ah, lame. We dug a really deep hole. Pfft, try and do that. And then they did, and it was deeper. But, uh, I mean, I'm kind of being like, digging a hole is not as impressive as putting something in space. Is it America? Is it? They'd be like, nah, Simon, that hole is way more impressive. The Soviet Union had also made public claims that it was going to be investing in the, investigating the Moho discontinuity. So the US probably thought, 
<laughs> we better hurry up with that one. This led to quite a bizarre quest to drill down through the Earth's crust to this region which is just above the Earth's mantle. It's known as the discontinuity. As scientists worked out that seismic waves suddenly increase in speed in that area, meaning that there's a big change in materials and density, but nobody was sure how or why. In an almost exact opposite project to the space race, the race of the Moho aimed to bring up samples of this region to further our understanding of the planet we live on. The only problem was that to get to the Moho, the US would need to drill through a lot of crust first. It's like, yeah, I'm, you look at those pictures of the Earth, right? You know, where it's like, yeah, 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 this is the like crusty outside bit. Then there's the big, like, it's solid, right? But there's that big, like, other layer. And then inside that, there's like some molten core, and then there's like a really hot core or something going on. <laughs> Earth geography is really excellent here. But even though that crust looks super, super thin, the Earth's really big and it's really thick still. I'm pretty sure they didn't get through it. They didn't get even close to getting through the crust. Spoiler alert. If you want to try tackling it from where you're standing, you'd probably need to go at least 35 kilometers or 22 miles down, and that's only at an average point. So the US decided to dispense with a lot of that mileage from the get-go and start drilling their hole at the bottom of the ocean where the crust was much thinner, just off the coast of Mexico. Does that make sense? Well, I suppose so. Did they get very far? No, they did not. This was 1961, and the team behind the project had to make up solutions as they went on how to keep the boat still so far off the ocean floor, how to lower the pipes down, how to actually drill through the crust, and then how to bring samples back up. Oh my god. At a point, you'd just be like, well, how about we just start drilling on land and we'll get down to the bottom of the ocean and then we'll just go from there? Because, like, figure out how to keep a boat perfectly still. And you're probably in some really deep ocean here because you want to avoid as much of the crust as possible, right? I don't know, that just sounds way more complicated than just start drilling on land, which the Soviets did. I feel like this is a space pen pencil thing, you know, where the Americans used the space pen and the Soviets used the pencils, which is obviously just an urban legend and it's not true. But uh, the analogy sort of works. The Soviets just were like, let's just drill down from land. And they did get further, spoiler alert. As a test run, Project Mohol, as it was known, did manage to drill through almost 2 kilometers or 1.2 miles down, but after this initial drill, funding dried up and the project was shelved in 1966. While contributing valuable things to science, like how to keep boats steady without an anchor and useful information from the ocean floor, Project Mohol did not appear to breach the limits of a fiery hellscape. Enter the picture, the Soviet Union. In May 1970, the USSR started its attempt to drill through the Earth's crust. It went pretty well, with the borehole located in the remote part of Siberia officially becoming the world's deepest artificial hole in 1979. Whoa! They spent nine years drying that their funding definitely didn't dry up. They were like, let's just print more money. Or like, I don't know, communism. How does it work? As it crashed through the previous record set by the US of 9,583 meters or 31,440 feet. That's a lot further than the Americans. After this initial hole reached over 11,000 meters, that's 36,000 feet in 1982, various other holes stemming off this main one were started, and by 1989, one of the boreholes had reached over 12,200 meters, or over 7.5 miles deep. That is really deep. If you dropped like a penny down that hole, it would take a really long time to reach the bottom. <laughs> it was at this point that something happened. The drill seemed to break through into some sort of underground pocket and started spinning out of control. Strange noises could be heard emanating from what seemed like a large cavern, so the scientists on the surface sent down microphones and more tools to take readings and samples. This, hello, is uh, where the, uh, the story diverges, if you hadn't picked up on it. <laughs> 
What they found was that the temperatures in the cabin exceeded 1,000 degrees centigrade or 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and the microphones captured wailing and screaming with a more ominous male voice audible over the top. Yes, I know, we'll get to all of that later. Also, on the same night that the cabin was breached, a huge gas pillar shot up out of the borehole, revealing a bat-like demonic figure against the night sky, and also the words, I have conquered in Russian. I didn't know this bit. I'm vaguely familiar with the story. I remember the microphones going down there. I don't remember the gas and the bat symbol. <laughs> just just in case it wasn't unbelievable enough, they added that in. I realize this is one of those 1990s internet rumors, which is just people were like, oh my god, it must be true. It's on the internet. So, why didn't this make headline news at the time? Well, it's simple. All the scientists either quit immediately and kept their peace, or those that remains were given a sedative and erased their, that erased their short-term memory, and therefore all knowledge of the event. So, how do we know about this so-called well to hell? Well, later, in 1989, American Christian Broadcasting Company, Trinity Broadcasting Network, I don't sense a conflict of interest at all here, <laughs> ran a piece on TV and also in print under the, site, under the title, Scientists Discover Hell. It was picked up by a few other Christian newsletters here and there, but the amazing story of how a geological expedition actually cracked through into the home of Satan himself did not make it past the pages of a few fringe publications. Why is that, we wonder? Well, let's find out. <laughs> Just going to go ahead and guess. It might have something to do with a significant lack of peer review. Unpicking the story. It turns out that this is more a story of how an urban legend is formed than anything else. Because, spoiler alert here, this is not actually a true story. What? I know, shocking, right? I usually try to drag these things out a little further, but the story you just heard is about all the information there is on the event, so I may as well just put the cards on the table now and admit that this never happens. Oh my god, I'm so skeptical. One day Katie's gonna get me. There's gonna be something that's absolutely real and just unbelievable. And she's gonna be like, Simon, I wanna write about this. And I'll be like, that sounds ridiculous. You write there, Katie, go ahead. And I'll be reading it, getting all over it like I always do. And then Katie will be like, yeah, but this one's actually true. And here is all the documentation backing it up. And I'll be like, what? And then I'll feel like an idiot and I'll be put in my place and everyone at home will be extremely satisfied that smug old fact boy has uh, been put down. Or that'll never happen because I'm just way too big brain. Okay. How can we be so sure? Well, for starters, let's take a look at this borehole into the underworld. As you probably know, urban legends are notoriously tricky to pin down because details change from telling to telling, with some aspects based in truth to give them a bit of a sheen of plausibility. In this story, the most common versions floating about usually refer to Siberia as the location for this discovery. If you look up how big Siberia is, well, it's over 5 million square miles, so you might have thought it useful to the human race that the entrance itself might be a little more accurately plotted. Yeah, Siberia. Really big. Really big. Really cold. Don't want to go there. No, Siberia, I feel, is where they send people like to gulags. Or like prison it's like the if someone said where do you want to be least sent you know like family feud style <laughs> like doo -doo 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 -doo, siberia our survey says is that family feud i don't watch any of these game shows just vaguely aware of them don't be stupid some listeners might be thinking it's where the world's deepest man-made hole is duh okay fair point however the deepest borehole in the world is not in a remote area of siberia it's on the Kola Peninsula, still part of Russia but way over near the border of Norway and a significant distance from Siberia. The facts and figures mentioned earlier about the borehole were actually from the Kola Superdeep borehole as it's known. 
This Russian effort is still the deepest man-made hole in the world, with a depth of 12,262 meters, that's about 40,000 feet, or a whopping 7.6 miles. It hit that depth in 1989. The drilling project ended in 1994, and the hole is still only about a third of the way through the Earth's crust. So, did anything come flying out of this hole that could be regarded in any way as supernatural? If it did, no one ever mentioned it, and it seems like the sort of thing that at least one person, you know, might mention. Interestingly, one of the reasons the Kola drilling project was canned was that the deeper they got, the hotter it became, until it reached a point where the rock was becoming more porous and less solid, so drilling became just too difficult. Now you might be saying, well, it became hotter like the fires of hell, yes? Um, no, not, not quite. If it did become significantly hotter than scientists had predicted for the depths they were reaching, but we're talking 180 degrees Celsius here, that's about 350 Fahrenheit, not the 1000 degrees Celsius of the urban legend. And in case you had picked up on one of the major sticking points for the story, it mentions that the team lowered scientific instruments and recording devices down into the fiery hole. How on earth would that equipment survive at 1000 degrees? I bet they make microphones that can survive 1000 degrees Celsius. I bet they do. I bet that exists. Although a thousand is really hot. There's probably some like extreme equipment that you can buy that can survive that that kind of heat. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just totally guessing. There's an audio clip you can find online that most sources have as lasting 17 seconds. That would be an impressive microphone in the 1980s to manage to last that long in the fires of hell. And what of this audio clip? Yes, it does exist. It sounds like a large group of people shouting and screaming, but to be honest, it could have been recorded outside any weather spoons after 10 p.m. on a Friday night. <laughs> For our international listeners, uh, Katie's British as well. Um, weather spoons is a like cheap pub where... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's just say when I was a student, I had some good few nights drinking at the Weatherspoons. Beer was like two pounds, or even you could get a pint for like less than two pounds. And they actually have a pretty good selection of booze. The food's dreadful. But uh, yeah, I don't complain about Weatherspoons. It's all right. It's a bit rough. <laughs> going to be noisy outside at 10, at 10 p.m. As we now live in the days of ultimate skepticism and have access to many digital toys, these sounds of hell have been routinely picked apart with the conclusion that they're actually a continually looped and layered section from a movie called Barren Blood. Wow. <laughs> the technology's amazing. One as everyone is convinced that this was the source material, it's not exactly difficult to get a sample from any TV show, movie, or radio broadcast that has some sort of scattered crowd talk scene in it. Heck, you could even create something yourself or just go outside, stand outside the aforementioned weather spoons with a tape recorder. Yeah, I reckon it would take me about a day to make a pretty convincing sound hellscape, and I don't really know what I'm doing. Day with YouTube guiding me. Doesn't sound complicated, does it? But how did this story get going in the first place? There's a named source in some of the versions called Mr. Dmitry Azakov, or alternatively spelled Azakov, which works brilliantly in the audio formats. <laughs> They're just spelled slightly differently. Apparently, he was the project manager for the drilling program, and it was his account of the events that made it into the public domain. It wasn't until the Trinity Broadcasting Network picked up the story, though, that it really gained any serious traction at all. And how did they get a hold of it? Publishing the story under the headline, Scientists to Discover Hell, you might have thought the story would have some wider reach, or there would be some photos to go along with it. None were forthcoming, not really surprising, and TBN quoted their source as a Finnish newspaper, Amunasasia, sorry Finnish people. Uh, Finland was also quite close to the location of the Kola Superdeep borehole, so it seems pretty legit that a Finnish paper might have the scoop on hellish goings-on. Look, if they really discovered hell. That would be in big newspapers, not some weird Christian one and some random Finnish one that is also made up. Hmm. Right? 
You're like, someone's discovered hell. It's like that TV show where they discover heaven's real and then people start killing themselves. If you're like, if people discovered that, it would be a big deal. It would be a big, people would know. People like me would be like, holy shit, really? I totally didn't believe in any of that, but it's real? And they'll be like, yeah, here's the scientific proof. And I'll be like, god damn, that's nice. That's good news. Except that Aminasatia, the Finnish paper, sorry to make you say it again, <laughs> was not a prestigious Finnish newspaper, but rather a niche Lutheran magazine. Again, do I possibly sense a conflict of interest here? Yes. Uh, that ceased publication that same year of 1989. So, how did they get a hold of it? Did someone who worked for the publication actually witness the event with their own eyes? Well, no. This was just yet another wonky link in a very fragile chain unearthed by radio host Rich Buhler. He hosted a Christian radio show after the word of the TBN story reached him via his listeners. And he set out to find more. While never believing that the story was true, Bula nevertheless wanted to find out how it started, and he and his staff undertook a very thorough investigation, uncovering another mischief maker along the way. What a legend. Rich Bula's Day Off. According to his blog post, Drilling to Hell Facts, Bueller started off by contacting TBN to ask about sources for the hellhole piece. He was assured that it was true by someone who had done no fact-checking or tried to find any other source of information. <laughs> that person, please don't let them call themselves a journalist. <laughs> it's like, storyteller. They'd just taken the word of the Finnish magazine which had been sent to them by a listener from Texas. <laughs> it's not good enough, guys. It's really not good enough. In the translated piece, the mysterious Dr. Azakov is quoted as saying, We could hardly believe our own ears. We heard a human voice screaming in pain. Even though one voice was discernible, we could hear thousands, perhaps millions in the background of suffering souls screaming. After this ghastly discovery, about half of the scientists quit because of fear. Hopefully that which is down there will stay there. It's just Becker's belief that anyone would actually broadcast this as fact, let alone a Christian network. Uh, on the Christian airways, there'd be my more, well, look, there's a hell, behave yourself. God's real, and he'll send you to hell. I feel like the Christian network would want to perpetrate this, which is probably why they did, rather than being like, that's not real. It's just a story, isn't it? They're basically saying, yes, we know hell is real, and here it is, without giving it second thought. What did TBN hope to achieve by doing this? I don't know, pe more people believing in religion and stuff? That people would be scared into believing in God? Yeah, if I found out it was real, I'd be like, shh. God is scared. If someone was like, yo, we found hell and it's real, I'd be like, oh, f <laughs> Wait, can I say, is it, is it that religion where as long as you say you're sorry, you can go to heaven? And I'd be like, no, 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 it's the other one we have to believe for your whole life. Ah, oh, no, no. And then I'd have to work out a way to stay alive so I don't have to go to hell. Maybe they can store my brain in some sort of vat. So at least I'm like in some coma forever instead of like actually dying and going to hell because it's real. There'd be a whole industry of like stopping people dying because they'd be like, oh no, I've been really bad. I'm not even really bad. Just like I did something that the Bible said I envied. I envied and now I'm in hell. I was so good other than the envy and the gluttony <laughs> and the other sins that are not that bad but still send us all to hell if you believe in that stuff. To give the science community a smug, told you so? Yes, probably both of these things. But the fact that the story was just made up makes them look like gullible fools. This was the exact reaction of Mr. of one Mr. Orglay Brendelin. I'm sorry, Mr. Orglay. Your name's spelt Mr. Age, but Katie's provided me with a pronunciation guide. Orge. Orge. 
Orgech, a Norwegian man who had caught the original TBN broadcast while he was in the States in 1989. Astounded at how stupid the story was, he decided to see if he could push it further. Returning to Norway, he sent some Norwegian newspaper articles with his own translations to TBN, claiming that he had initially been skeptical of the story, but that these confirmed it was true. He also added in a bit about the cloud shooting up and the batwing demon appearing in the sky. <laughs> what a legend. Ah! When Rich Bure caught up with him, he immediately confirmed the whole thing was just a prank and the newspaper articles were about something completely different. <laughs> this is before Google Translate, wasn't it? Because now you'd just be like, okay, I'm just going to put my phone over it. It's going to like translate it instantly into my language. And it would just be about like parking fines being updated in the city. You'd be like, what the? Come on! Where's the bat guy? He had banked on nobody bothering to check his translation, and he was correct, so now his bat demon had entered the mythos of the well to hell story. Picking up on the original story thread, Bueller contacted the Finnish magazine, and they said they had run the story thanks to a member remembering having seen it in another Finnish paper called Oman. This is the sloppiest journalism I've ever seen. So it's basically one company, the Christian Network in America, has copied a story from a Lutheran Finnish newspaper, Norwegian newspaper, Finnish newspaper, something like that, uh, that part of the world. And they basically based their story on one of their, I'm not going to call him a journalist, one of their writers, um, vaguely remembering something from another newspaper. <laughs> it's like, dudes, this is not journalism. This is not okay. Bueller contacted the paper, and eventually they found the reference he was looking for. It wasn't a front-page story like you might expect. It was buried deep in correspondence from readers' section, where people can submit whatever they want. In a research mission that went almost as deep as the borehole itself, Bueller and his team managed to track down the man who wrote the letter, and he confirmed that he had seen the story in yet another Finnish Christian newspaper. We're going even deeper! This one called Veiltajat. Bueller kept digging. Did he get in touch with Veltajat? You bet your bottom do dollar he did. They confirmed that the Weldell story appeared in their July 1989 newsletter and had been sent in by a reader after he had apparently read about it. Oh my god, how deep is this? This is like six newspapers in. It alleged it's like Chinese whispers of urban legends. He'd originally read about it in a Jewish Christian newsletter called Jewels of Jericho, which was based in California. No solid trace of this publication was ever found, though, so Bueller's backtracking ended here, seemingly with the original source of the story not being in Finland at all, but rather in the US all along. This is so I love this. I love like I knew that this I vaguely knew about this story. I had no idea about this super complex backstory of how it was made up. This is great. As we've pretty much definitively established that the whole thing was made up from the start, where did the audio recording come into it? While it had always been part of the original story that special heat-resistant microphones managed to capture the noises of the damned, it wasn't until 1998 that this purported recording actually surfaced. After the story had done the rounds again on local TV and radio shows, someone contacted the Coast to Coast AM radio show with the audio recording in a letter which said that the writer's uncle, who had recently died, was a collector of all things paranormal and had a recording of the sounds in his collection because of course he did the letter also said uh, quote the story about the digging the hearing of the sounds from hell is very real it did occur in siberia and he let me listen to one of the audio tapes that he had on the sounds from hell in siberia and i copied it he received a copy from a friend who worked at the bbc <laughs> well is this is just awesome dude he just wrote a letter that doesn't mean any of it is true and then they're like later people figure out that it's actually from a movie <laughs> why would people believe this 
Oh, he worked at the BBC, so it must be real. But he probably did even work at the BBC. The audio recording attached was about 17 seconds of the spooky wailing and shouting, which then became synonymous with the official sounds of hell. Again, there was no real backstory or checking for the audio clip. It just managed to attach itself to the story, and that was that. Sloppy journalism, isn't it? Aftermath That wasn't quite it for the tale of when some scientists accidentally drilled through into the portal of hell. Later in 1990, our friend Rich Bueller heard from a pastor from a small church in Arizona that the story was true. Why did this man think he had the inside scoop? One of his parishioners was on a covert drilling mission in Russia and had witnessed the event with his own eyes. Ah, yes, some made-up eyewitness testimony. Finally, an eyewitness. Also, this man had a PhD in physics from MIT, so presumably he knew what he was talking about and also had a reasonable head on his shoulders. Uh, wait. Really? I I mean, I'm super skeptical that he had a PhD from MIT, because he's obviously lying. (laughs) It's obviously made up, and I don't get, I just don't, I don't know, seems too smart to do something like this. He was due to continue his work on heat-resistant recording devices and was going to go back to Russia the next year. And did he? Bueller heard back from the church a few months later with an update that, far from being a scientist, the man was actually just a con artist and had left town with over $20,000 that the church had raised to fund his trip. I don't want to laugh because he's like scamming a church, but it's like, dudes, really? You think it's a, well, he's got to go to Russia to test these recording devices that he's making with his PhD in physics in, uh, because that's the only place we can get something to a thousand degrees Celsius. No, it's not. You can just, that's easily done. (laughs) It's very, it's not complicated to get to a thousand degrees. Many, many times more than that. In 1992, the Weekly World News did a piece on the well to hell, but the headlines they run today consist of such articles as Werewolf Escapes from Alabama Prison and Robot Overlords Abort USA Invasion. Okay. It's not a real news source, is it? Uh, You may want to take their stories with a liberal pinch of salt. Yeah, this is like, I don't know. I'm in the business of, like, facts. Like, my internet nickname is Fact Boy. And one of my internet nicknames, Fact Boy. And I go onto TikTok, right? I'm like, let's see what facts are like on TikTok. And it's so bad. I want to, I've been considering making a, a show called Fact Police. I'm maybe doing it on my Business Blaze channel where we just look at fact channels on TikTok and correct them. Because they're insane. Like, you watch this, this, these things and they're like, this is a picture of a werewolf that was found in a library. It was somewhere that this, and it's like, and everyone, they speak like this. I don't know why. It must be a TikTok thing. And then it's a picture of a werewolf. And it's not. Because one werewolves aren't real, and it's clearly just some weird Photoshop thing. And if you Google image reverse searched it, I'm sure you'd find the origin of it on some crappy website. So, I don't know. I like the idea of fact police. <laughs> It'd be even more of a dicky channel than this. Also, in the way urban legends do, the story got changed again, this time with the borehole being located in Alaska, and 13 workers dying when the incandescent bat demon exploded out of the well. The story did continue to pop up from time to time with a mix of details and locations, but it gradually faded back down in the public consciousness. So, what have we learned from this tale? Was there a drilling expedition that managed to find hell at the bottom of a hole in Siberia? Well, no! There was never a deep drilling project in Siberia in the 80s. Was the Kola Super Deep Borehole the way we reached the gates of Satan and rudely barged in again? 
No. Uh, while a real hole, nothing came out of it apart from things useful to geological study. Did a demon come shooting out of any borehole anywhere in the world again? The answer is no. This was confirmed as being made up by the guy whose name I've forgotten how to pronounce, but it's spelt age. <laughs> age Randolin, where the sounds, where the hand sounds of hell actually ever recorded. Again, no. As well as no equipment being able to survive the purported thousand degree heat, the clip that did the rounds as being the sounds of hell has been definitively proved to be a short audio clip repeated and layered upon itself. While many players in this story absolutely believe in the concept of hell, they were also prepared to completely bash this tale for the made-up rubbish that it was. I mean, think about it. If hell had really been found literally underground, wouldn't the news have made a bigger splash? Wouldn't it have become sort of a huge tourist destination where you could go and chuck a coin in and wish to be saved or something? Also, dig a bigger hole, make it wide enough for a person, and then it'd be like, just go in and fish some people out, be like, yes, okay, you don't have to be in hell anymore. When you die again, we'll just come down and get you again. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You might have to endure it for like a couple of months while we mount an expedition. An expedi- There'll be a huge business around it. There'll be like hell expeditions. People going in to find their loved ones, paying for it. It'll be great. That's why it's not real. Capitalism would have used this. At the very least, wouldn't it become a place for teenage goths to hang out and pledge their allegiance to the Dark Lord? Some churches did apparently record an increase in their congregations after the news started filtering out. But if it was all a publicity stunt to increase bums on pews, it certainly chose an odd and winding path to reach any amount of audience at all. It seems that someone, somewhere, maybe had a nightmare and wrote it down or just made up the whole thing and submitted it to a local publication, and other people then slowly disseminated it, culminating in a few mentions on US Christian broadcast networks. But then, here we are, dredging it up over 30 years later and playing our own part in spreading the urban legends of that one time in Russia when some people drilled down into hell itself. This is exactly one of the sort of facts that you'd see on one of those fact channels on TikTok. They were drilling a hole in Russia, and they got down deep enough. Eventually, they broke through into hell. A demon came up. 13 people died. This is a fact. And then the video ends, and that's it. That is facts on TikTok, and it's insane. Insanely shit. Regarding the drilling of the Moha projects that we talked about at the start, it seems that the scientific community is still very interested in making it down to the Earth's mantle. While there were several projects touted in the 20-teens, that's last decade, that's a confusing way of saying it. 2010s, 2010s? I don't know. Yeah, the 1910s, right? 1910s, 1920s, 1930s. Yeah, that makes sense. I couldn't find any updates in more recent years of any significance, and the Kola Superdeep Borehole is the deepest artificial hole on the planet. One of the reasons it stopped when it did was because of the increase in heat and pressure and the drills that the drills started to encounter, making it impossible to go much further. Who knows, maybe it really was a warning barrier that future drilling operations will per- penetrate at their par- peril. We'll just have to wait and see hell's not down there guys sorry to disappoint you this has been an episode of decoding the unknown if you enjoyed it and you're watching on youtube there is a like button below that you're more than welcome to use you could also subscribe that would be grand uh if you're listening as a podcast a review that would be the best thing you could do it uh, gets this show in front of more people and uh, i appreciate it i like reading them thank you so much and i will see you next time Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.